0: Dr. Emily Funk Reynolds, and you are listening to the Confessions of a Young Doctor podcast where we are striving for a balance at work and at home so that we can be the best for our patients, our family, and most importantly, for ourselves. Since I opened my practice, I've had a lot of people reach out to me saying that they want to open a practice. Maybe not right now, but they know that it's something that they want to do in the future in a couple of years. And I think this is great. I think working for someone or for a corporate environment for a couple of years, kind of getting your feet under you in terms of practice um, can be really, really great. But there are some things that you can do Even knowing that you're a few years away from practice ownership to help prepare. And honestly, I think these are things that you should do um, to make sure that when you are ready to take that leap, take that real first step, you have a good foundation and you're not wasting time while you are getting ready to take the jump and open a practice. So just a couple of things I wanted to go over in this week's episode that you can do to prepare for future ownership if you are a year or more out. Okay, so the first thing is really get familiar with your current employment contract. So if you are working for someone else or you're maybe just accepting a position working for someone else i'm gonna say it's highly likely that you have some type of employment contract and at least you should um and that is going to include a lot of really important information that you may have skimmed over um, or not thought so much about when you took the job because maybe you weren't thinking about opening your own practice at that point, or you just didn't know certain things to look out for. So um, you wanna go back into your files, dig out that employment contract and read over it to look for some key information. So the first big thing that you wanna check is, is there a restrictive covenant? And what is it? So if you have a restrictive covenant, that means that you likely cannot open a practice or even work at another office within a geographical radius of the place where you're currently working. And most of the time, they also have a time frame attached to them. So say you can't work within 10 miles of the office for two and a half years. Um, it will say something like that. And that's going to be very, very important because you don't want to plan to open a startup or join another practice or buy another practice that is within that restrictive covenant, because then you are going to have some major problems on your hands. So, um, be aware of what your agreement is and is it from the date that you leave or the date that your contract started. You just want to be familiar with the details of that agreement because that can have serious implications in the future. Um, I know there is some debate out there about whether restrictive covenants are actually enforceable or not. But in my opinion, the dental community is very small, so you don't want to make any enemies and there are just a lot of things that could go wrong if you decide to risk it and violate your restrictive covenant. So I think, um, you know, keep it simple, keep it drama free and just make sure that you are familiar with the agreement that you have. Um, and if you are in the process of taking on a new job maybe to prepare for ownership you definitely want to see what they are willing to tolerate in terms of the restrictive covenant obviously the least limiting for the least amount of time would be the best so if you can work that into your negotiations that would be awesome okay so other things you want to look for is how much notice do you need to give them if you are going to leave. Now, you may want to leave whatever situation you're in 100% and go all in on your startup, or you might want to do some type of hybrid where you maybe cut back your days at your job and then start to increase your days at your startup practice but you want to make sure that you are aware of how much lead time you need to give your current employer Um, so sometimes it could be like 90 days which is pretty good or it could be like six months i know some people even have to give a year of notice so um, that again is going to be super important if you are trying to make a jump and leave and go on your own and you said you're going to tell them a couple months beforehand but then you go back and look at your contract and you actually had to give them a year of notice so again just get familiar with the agreement that you signed and make sure that you know what the parameters you need to work inside are so that you can best make a plan to Eventually, open a practice and move away from your job. Also, along with that, is there a possibility with changing your days at all? So, if you're working four days a week, can you go down to three days a week, or would you have to be like all or nothing? Um, If you only work, you know, three out of five days in the week. Could you change around which dates those are or is it in your contract, like specifically these dates of the week or whenever you work? And now, you know, obviously, just because something is written in your contract doesn't mean that you couldn't go back to your employer and try to talk to them and see if they could work with you. But likely that's not going to happen until close to the time where you're ready to actually open a practice and you have some things already in motion. So you want to be able to prepare for, you know, kind of quote worst case scenario. So to know all of what you're working with so that you can make sure that you are setting yourself up for success. One final thing you might want to check in your contract is if there's any restrictions on patients and staff. So if there's anything that says like you can't take existing patients from the practice that you're in or um, any staff members i personally wouldn't recommend doing either of those things Um, again just because it's not a good interprofessional relationship i would say to kind of poach patients or take staff members with you when you leave um but you know Again, you want to just make sure that you know what is within the realm of possibility if you did want to do it. Um, basically, take your whole contract out, read through the whole thing, see if there's anything that might affect you opening a practice in the future, um, and if you need to, maybe consult a lawyer. Um A contract lawyer. Hopefully, you had one help you in the negotiations of your contract, Um, but just see what your options are and what they potentially could put up as roadblocks for you in the future so that you know what you're dealing with. The point of this is not really for you to do anything about it, Um, you're more just gathering information, and then if you are at the point where you need to. Renew your contract or something like that, you can ask for different things in terms of negotiation, and it will also help you to plan for the future. Okay, so that is the whole contract piece. The next thing that I would recommend is getting your finances in order. So when you open a startup or you take on an acquisition to buy an existing practice unless you have a stash of money lying somewhere you are going to need to take out a bank loan and i know it seems crazy with all of the education debt that we have to take out even more loans um, but there are specific health care lending sectors um, at most major banks, and they know that we are coming from school with large amounts of educational debt. So having educational debt is actually not going to prevent you from being able to get a practice loan. However, having other debt like credit card debt is not good. Okay. So you want to make sure that you have a good credit score. So make sure that you are doing things to keep your credit score high. Make sure you're paying your bills on time. Um, And if you do have any like personal debt that is not education debt or like a home mortgage, um, you want to pay that off ASAP. Um, It can take a decent bit of time to get your credit score up if it is not the best. So um, that is something that you definitely don't want to let go by the wayside. Um, and start working on that now if you are not in a good position in terms of your credit score. You, One of the biggest things that you can do is try not to Become a victim of lifestyle inflation. So you want to avoid having a lot of high fixed expenses. Um, So, you know, maybe don't get that super fancy car with a large payment every month. Try to limit your spending as much as possible because those are things that the bank is going to look at. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, live your life. Um at the time that I got my practice loan, we did have a house with a mortgage. Um and that was not a problem because I had good credit score and I didn't have any other high fixed expenses at that time. So, I didn't have a large car payment or anything like that. Um and I didn't have any trouble getting a practice loan. But really without that loan, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to open a practice. So don't worry about your educational debt, um, but make sure that you are keeping the rest of your finances in order. Kind of in that same vein, usually the way that dental practice loans work is, um, for startups and I think even also acquisitions, you don't usually need a down payment, which is weird. Um, Most loans are not like that. Usually you need at least some type of down payment, even if it's, you know, 2%. Um, But with the practice loans, most of them with the large banks, you don't need any type of down payment. But I know from talking to the bankers when I was getting my loan that they do want to see that you have some savings and some money in the bank. So dental practice loans are so unique in that you can get them at decent interest rates with no money down because of the low default rate. On dental practice loans so basically that means that most people who take out a dental practice loan end up being able to pay them off um, because luckily we are in an industry with relatively good margins that most people tend to do okay but the bank always wants to protect their investments so they want to make sure that if you have a bad month you know you would be able to cover the costs if necessary so they don't want to see that you have zero dollars in your bank account Um, you don't need to have a million dollars in your bank account but you want to have some money so just keep that in mind in terms of your spending Um, and if you are going to go all in on your startup in the beginning there's definitely going to be a period of time where you will not be making the doctor income that you are used to making. So if you can really keep those fixed expenses and your lifestyle down, that will help you tremendously during that period. Otherwise you are in for a rude awakening um, when it comes to covering your monthly expenses during the first few months of practice ownership. So If your credit score is not great, that is priority number one. Work on getting that up. Make sure that you are paying off all debt, like credit cards and things like that. Um, And try to put aside some savings to make yourself as an ideal candidate for the banks to be able to get financing. Um, Because without financing, you are not going to be able to move forward at all all right and the third and final thing that you should do if you are thinking about opening a practice in the next few years is start thinking about your practice vision if you have been a longtime listener of the podcast you probably knew this one was coming on this list i am So big on the practice vision, and I will continue to hammer this into all of my listeners until they are tired of hearing it. But it is so important to know where you're going. So, when I say practice vision, I mean how do you imagine your practice? What does the work environment look like? What type of patients do you want to see? What type of procedures do you want to do? How many days a week do you want to be open? What does your office smell like? What colors are there? What type of staff members do you have? This is extremely important because it will make the process so much easier when you get to the point where you need to start making decisions. Your vision is basically the roadmap for how you want to get to the ideal point of a practice that gives you fulfillment and makes you satisfied. So I have entire episodes devoted to the practice vision and I also have a free vision guide that will just kind of get your juices flowing and get you thinking about what your ideal practice might look like. The link for that is going to be in the description of this podcast episode. And in the future, hopefully coming out soon, I'm going to have a more expanded version of the vision guide to really help you get into the details and make sure that you have everything laid out in front of you to be able to get to the practice of your dreams so it is never too early to start thinking about what types of things you want Um, a lot of times you can use the current environment that you're in to help you pick and choose things that you like, things that you dislike. Um I think a lot of times knowing what you don't want is even more helpful than trying to figure out exactly what you do want. So instead of just, you know, getting through the day, seeing your patients, try to really reflect a little bit and think about what types of things you would maybe do differently, what types of things you like, and just start writing things down. Start brainstorming. You don't have to commit to anything that you put on your, you know, practice vision board, but it just helps to get the thoughts down on a piece of paper and start considering where you want to be. That will also help you to be a motivator in the future when you get to the point where you are ready to start putting in the work and start opening up this practice. Um, because there are definitely days where you are going to need motivation. So if you haven't already, make sure that you download the vision guide, it's completely free um, and it just helps to kind of get your mind running and get those creative juices flowing, and start envisioning your ideal practice. So to kind of summarize, three things that you want to do if you are more than a year away from opening your own practice, you want to go back and take a look at your employment contract, look for any restrictive covenants or other clauses that might prevent you from opening in certain areas or nailing down a certain time frame of when you can exit. Then you want to get your finances in order. Make sure that you have a good credit score, get a little bit of savings, and be sure to avoid lifestyle inflation. And then finally, start thinking about that practice vision. Consider the things that you want in your future practice and write them down so that when you start to have to make decisions you can go back to that vision and it will fall into place much easier and it makes the process much less stressful all right guys so that is going to do it for this week's episode if you have any questions you can always reach out to me on instagram at doctor.confessions i love hearing from you guys there Um, and I also post more daily updates over there if you're interested in kind of what I'm doing with my practice on a day-to-day basis so I will catch you guys in the next one bye guys